Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A. I'm from Colorado and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, September 26, 2023. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled A Vision for You. We're on page 156 in the second paragraph. It begins with, at midnight, he came home exhausted, and ends with, 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. Today's readers are Team Tuesday. Um, We have, like, the 12 steps, Carmel is filling in for us, the 12 traditions, Rick J., um, Rena L., Nancy P., and then Karen W. and Barb W. um, will be on as greeter and moderator for second hour. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, September 25th, 2023, um, are the following. Let me get those for you. Uh, Let's see. The 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study Recording is 20,672. That's 20672. And then the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study Recording is 20,673. That's 20673. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, and we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose here is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters. Anonymous. I will now ask Marge, or sorry, I will now ask Carmela G uh, to read the 12 steps. Thanks, Carmela. Thank you so much, Jen. Carmela G, New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thanks so much, Carmela G. Up next, I'll now ask Rick J. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for your service. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. The personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group should ought to be fully self-supporting, declaring outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Rick J. Well, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we'll stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read or sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you're going to press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study of the chap- in the chapter of Vision for You in the big book on page 156 on the second paragraph. And I will now ask Rena L. to begin reading.
Hi, this is Rena L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from Ohio. Good morning, everyone. At midnight, he came home exhausted, but very happy. He has not had a drink since. As we shall see, he now means a great deal to his community, and the major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. (sighs) So, what to share? I, um... At first, when it starts with at midnight, he came home exhausted. Just that little phrase. You know, there's so many times I think like, oh, I don't need to do that or truly not that. And then I think about the people on this line who I've heard who have exactly what I want and long-term, you know, recovery. And I think it's not about what's easy. It didn't say he came home at one in the afternoon and did everything else on his to-do list. It says at midnight, he came home exhausted. Um, While I need to take care of my sleep and other things for my recovery, right, especially in this program, um, also it's not going to always be easy, right? Other things might get in the way, right? Other things might have to go by the wayside. Or I'm leaving on a trip for today, and for me that means packing up a bunch of food right after this call and and getting, you know, there's, there's work that has to be done. You know, this is a program of action, and it's not always convenient. Um, And I love that it then says, but very happy, because it seems like work, but it never is. It always makes me so much more free and happy. Um, and then I love when it says we shall, he now means a great deal to his community. Because it doesn't say he was the most known, he was the most wealthy, he got the most accolades. It says he means a great deal. And to me, I read that as relationship, right? He's out of isolation. And he has meaningful connections to his community, which is such a promise to me. Um, of amends, but also all of the steps, and especially the maintenance one. Uh, and then the last piece I'll just mention is, you know, the major liabilities of 30 years um, have been repaired in four. And so even though from the paragraph before, we know it was he had one long night, right? He had one, one night he did those amends, meaning we don't need to wait, you know, five years to get to amend, certainly, nor do we have to drag them out, right? We do them as, as promptly as, as soon as we can, right? Um, we have to remain maintain spirit and be spiritually active, right, for this program to work. I also appreciate that he says the major liabilities of 30 years have been repaired in four. That I might make and make amends, right, and I might. Gratefully, I've been willing, and there will always be more to do to make amends um, promptly. That there's still work that has to be – there's work that takes time, you know, that over the years that gets repaired. It doesn't all get repaired overnight just because. I made amends, right? Things take, time takes time, right? Which I hated when people used to say that to me, but um, it has been true in my life. So um, with that, I look forward to hearing what everyone says. I'm very grateful to be recovered today. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Rena, for kicking us off this morning. I appreciate you and your service on the line. We do value everyone's experience who's here with us today. We ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you're new, we'd love to hear from you as well if you want to share on this paragraph um, or if you haven't pressed our one ever. So who would like to share on what was read today? I'll take your name one at a time. Wanda. Mary B. Hi, Wanda. Mary B. Um, Mary B. from the UK, yeah, thanks. Thank you, Katie. Who else do we have? Linda D. Hi, Linda. There we go.
great paragraph. Press star one and give me your name and you can share it. Maria B. Maria. Pedro B. B and Pedro B. And we'll stop there. That's perfect. I'll take another list of names after uh, Pedro shared today. Let me tell you who I have in the lineup. We have Wanda, Mary, Katie, Linda, Maria, and Pedro. We're going to start off with Wanda for a three-minute share. Go right ahead, Wanda. everybody this is the most wonderful day because I'm living one day at a time and today is the only day I have to worry about or be concerned about Rena good luck on your trip and you know um yeah you know I I always wanted to be valued it didn't happen in the family uh but you know as time went on um I got happier and happier, things worked out. And the thing I was missing and was never taught was gratitude. And gratitude uh, is the most important thing I'm learning. And um, I'll just say that a grateful heart can't use. So um, I I know that... Uh, I, I I didn't like my mom when she'd ask me to do something because she'd say, oh, thank you. And it just sounded so false. And um, I just turned into, uh, I didn't, I hated her, but um, I used over that uh, early. I was uh, 10 and I was using, but um, I got over that. Um, I know that at uh, 18, uh, I was hypnotized for four years, and I wish, uh, you know, that shrink, uh, you know, actually, uh, you know, um, could give me back my words, uh, you know, um, but um, that didn't uh, uh, show up anything. I didn't get to uh, away until I was uh, 23, and I'm 70 now. So uh, you guys, uh, the 12 Steps, the big book, uh, that was the only book we had way back when, and it was uh, a fantastic introduction to morals and, uh, you know, um, consciousness of uh, what I'm doing, and then, you know, my bulimia that lasted 14 years straightened out, uh, took a while, uh, and I've been abstinent since 1985, and my life just keeps getting better, you know, it's amazing, if I don't eat, you know, um, I'm I'm so more much more grateful now, and uh, that's a help. So I write my food down every day, and, uh, you know, um, I have a sponsor, and uh, I'm uh, growing. I'm still, when you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you're rotten. So um, good luck to all of you. Thank you. Thank you for letting Uh, me talk. 
Absolutely. We appreciate you getting on today. That was Wanda. Up next is Mary B. from the UK, followed by Katie G. Good morning, Mary. Oh, good morning. Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. My name is Mary Compulsivita. I just wanted to say that um, I'm I'm doing my step four at the moment, and uh, I've been in OA for 14, nearly 15 years, and this is the first time that I think I've got really, really honest about the nature of my wrongs, my resentments, and my thinking about the mental obsession and the physical compulsion that I that is the nature of my disease and um, it brought up some things to me it feels like my mental obsession with fear of missing out and scarcity and not wanting to fully surrender leads me into some thinking that has been very close to to taking me into a slip or a relapse and I, I, I don't know where that thinking comes from but there are times it's almost like my disease is on its way out and it's having one last kick at my thinking and I just keep having to turn to God and it's almost like Dr. I, I do identify strongly with Dr. Bob at the moment um, and listening to that message of hope you know he's exhausted but he's he does it you know, he goes out and does what needs to be done. And a lot of my illness has been about not wanting to admit that I'm not a normal eater and doing everything I can to control and enjoy my use using. And I'm just in a place now where, like, I could care less. And when that thinking comes back, I watch it carefully. And sometimes it's in, you know, I'm sad that my husband still wants to enjoy eating out and let's not say that you can't enjoy eating out but I'm not I'm not like anyway details aside I'm not like normal eaters and yet I can find a freedom that goes so much beyond that and that's what Dr Bob shares here in his message of hope you know he goes out does what needs to be done you know looks at himself at his part and you know why should I and why should I spoil the enjoyment of others? There's something wrong with my spiritual condition. But I don't want them to enjoy their eating or what they do in their life. What brings them joy? You know they're normal. I'm not, and I have a different way of life now and a different way of thinking and being. And I just want to build on that. And I don't want the disease to drag me back into obsession and compulsion. And so I'm here, I'm willing, I'm committed, and I'll, you know, I'm grateful to my sponsor, to others who've gone before me in this program, who can show me the hope that there is here, and I can live free of this disease one day at a time. And um, yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share with us now. Thank you so much, Mary B, for calling in from the UK. Up next, we have Katie G. Good morning, Katie. Hey, Jen. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. That first line of um, being exhausted but very happy, I really relate to, right, like we're told that um, we've, we have a new freedom and a new happiness. Like to me, this isn't like, yay, you know, I won the lottery, but it's that contentment that comes by being honest, by, by saying the truth, by recognizing my own liabilities, and um, and speaking honestly about them, I mean, I'm definitely 
Um, not somebody, I mean, I've completed all the amends I know about, but um, I'm definitely not someone who's not without amends um, during the day when I need to, you know, clean up what's going on. Um, and, um, you know, I really love this idea about meaning a great deal to my community. So, you know, for a long time, I thought I had to push my way into OA and I was um, incredibly insecure and I really wanted to mean something to you guys. Like, I really wanted to be someone. And I really had to push my way. Like, I thought that I had to push my way to see, be seen and heard and known. And thank you, God, like, I had repeated humiliation and the final crushing blow of my self-sufficiency. And, you know, my value, meaning a great deal, it comes from God, right? And, um, and now um, God has shown me that I need to show up for my community. And what does that mean? Like, yes, I show up for Overeaters Anonymous, but I'm the only mom that was made for Gabby and Mira. And I'm the only wife that was made for my husband. And I'm the only woman that's had the privilege um, to be me and go to an Episcopal church locally. And, you know, of course I did the same thing where I like enrolled in every, <laughs> I enrolled in like every group possible because I wanted to mean a great deal to the community. I wanted to, in the wrong sense of the word, I wanted to be popular, right? And um, I even had to have a chat with one of the priests just saying, you know, I think I'm doing too much. Um, but it's so nice that I can go and be with people and I'm able to show up. I've been in this room for for 16 years since I was 27. You all have raised me. And the terror that comes with getting off the line, getting off the Zoom call, and showing up in person was really intense. I remember the first time I went to my church texting a friend at the time. I literally was panicking the entire time and praying the entire time, shaking the entire time, because I had left what I thought was my safety. But God is my safety, and I can leave the rooms of OA today, and I can play nice in the sandbox. I can make mistakes in the sandbox, but I can be one among many, and I can have value and worth because I'm a child of God. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Katie G. from Boston. Up next, we have Linda D., and you'll be followed by Maria B. Hey, Linda. Good morning, everybody. Katie said it all. I have nothing to say. <laughs> That'll be the day I'm Irish. I always have something to say. My name is uh, Linda D. I'm from Connecticut. And um, what does this paragraph have to do with me? Um, this is historical. These uh, these people, Dr. Bob and Bill and the others, uh I'm standing on their shoulders. The only reason I have a meeting to go to to save my life by teaching me how to use this book to find God. The only reason I have a meeting to go to is because of these people. And they were not floating, but they had massive, uh, at least Bill did to start, have a massive um, white light experience. Not everybody has that. And then he met, you know, the whole sequence of who met who. None of it was coincidence. I wouldn't have even cared about that when I came here. As I have said, just because it was true, I just wanted to look good naked. And someone pointed out we all, we all want to. But except for that, I had no idea I had a deadly disease. 
This is not a garden party. This is not all home week. This is the recognition. I come here to save my life and hopefully to help you find the God that will save your life. Whatever you want to call that, that power. That's what I call it because that's what it is. Um, Love floats this program. Giving and receiving love from your gut. That's where God is, within. This is a program about God. And it's wonderful to know that I, what, that I, I have this illness. Who wants to have an illness? Nobody. But I do have it, and I know what to do. I come to you to learn how to get more loving, more connected, so that I can be part of a community. I love people now, even people I don't like. I can pray for them and be sincere. What's better than that? I'm very happy woman. Thank you. You made it possible. You're part of the picture. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Linda D. from Connecticut. Up next, we have Maria B. followed by Pedro B. Good morning, Maria. Hi. Um, thanks for taking me. Um, my name is Maria B. I'm from New Hampshire, and I am in the hospitalization period as far as um, OA and this program is concerned. I have a sponsor now, and I'm super grateful for that. And yesterday I had a surgery on my foot, and so I was briefly hospitalized for that. And I'm exhausted, but I'm also content and grateful and I'm realizing how being honest is important for me. And I am also recognizing my own propensity to want to not be honest for some reason and not feel like I'm enough. Overexplain, yes, I'm really in pain, like believing nobody believes me unless I exaggerate, you know. But yesterday I had such such a positive experience ultimately i'm I was feeling heard um by the doctors, and when I wasn't feeling heard, I mentioned it because I had to mention to the anesthesiologist that I don't want heavy duty certain medications if it's avoidable because I'm an addict i'm in my ten of a a recovery, and I don't want to add anything else. And he was like, so good. He's like, you're the boss. I'll have it on hand if you need it. But that's that. So anyway, I thank God for radical honesty. And um, um, and then also lastly, halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired right now. I need to practice that because I'm very tired. And not every thought is to be taken seriously by me right now. So thank you so much for this program and this call and your leadership there. Thanks. Thank you much, Maria B. from New Hampshire. Before uh, Pedro speaks, let me just remind you, if you got on the line just now, that uh, we're in the big book on page 156. The chapter is titled A Vision for You. We're in that second paragraph. So um, after uh, Pedro shares, I'll take another list of names. Good morning, Pedro. Go right ahead. Good morning, Jan. Can you hear me? You can be heard. Go right ahead, Pedro. Oh, all right, cool. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Pedro. B. I live in San Bernardino, California. And 
I am not recovered. Uh, I wish I was. Um, you know, I feel like I hit a new spiritual uh, bottom. You know, and and I know in my heart right now that I have a spiritual malady that wants to kill me. You know, and and uh, and what I have, uh, my my illness, as I understand it, is is my uh, my obsession of the mind, my allergy of the body, and my, my spiritual malady. But the main thing is the spiritual malady. You know, the big book tells me that once I strain out spiritually, I will strain out. You know, I can be thin and very miserable, like I have experienced. You know, I can follow a food plan to exact and be thin and be miserable. You know, this this new experience that I had, I got sick, I got lazy, and uh, and what happens is uh, uh, I stop working the program. That's 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 the honest truth. You know, and 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 I what I was thinking about. Uh, this morning, somewhere in the big book talks about um, the four horsemen, the loneliness, you know, this 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 disease of, of isolation. I leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to go to no meetings. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything. Let me just lay down here and die. And that's my spiritual malady. I'm grateful to be here. I'm hoping that I can uh, do this program today. You know, I have about two alternatives. Either do the program or be in pain and miserable. Today I choose to do the program. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Pedro B. from California. All right, we're on page 156, second paragraph. If you'd like to share on the paragraph that was read today, um, we do value everyone's experience, and we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others can be heard. Um, they can share their experience, too. Who else would like to share today? Cindy Julie C. K. Catherine A. I think, I think it was Julie A. Was that right? Julie K. Oh, Julie K. And Catherine A. <laughs> Julie. Oh, my gosh. Okay, say it one more time, Julie. <laughs> Maya K. Right. I, Maya. Lisa C. Lisa, Lisa was it Lisa? Yes, Lisa C. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Uh-huh. And Cindy, what was it? C. You? Cindy C. You guys are killing me, the K's and the C's today. This is great. I'm I'm having to listen really hard. <laughs> and one more person. Clark from New Jersey. Chad, that's easy. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is what I heard, and if I screwed up, please just just correct me when you get up to um, pitch. I have Julie, Catherine, Maya, Lisa, Cindy, and Ted. All right, here we go. Julie, go right ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Julie Kay from Connecticut. Super grateful to be here. Um, and to hear our lead share and everyone else has shared. This, there has been this sort of theme for the past couple of weeks that keeps bubbling up in my life, and that is this 
notion of fitting in versus belonging. Um, I work with teenagers at a high school in the South Bronx, and I'm in the middle of writing a curriculum, and this this concept keeps bubbling up in regards to them, but I, I keep hearing it bubble up in regards to myself, too. What does it mean to fit in, to squeeze yourself into a place where perhaps you don't fit, versus belonging, where you're accepted and loved, and to me, belonging is sense of community. There is no sense of community when you're simply fit in. And I've spent most of my life trying to fit in. And what I'm understanding now is that that comes from a place of judgment. I, I deem that you are better than me, have more than me. I want what you want, what you have. I want what you have. And so I want to fit in. And I've always wanted to fit in. And Today, the desire to belong and to have a sense of community is much stronger. And when you are othered, that can feel really hard. Um, and I am othered in my community that I live in. Sometimes I'm othered in the community of OA. Um, however, the threads that tie me and, and bind me and bond me to my fellows are far greater than the threads of the community I live in. And so there have been conversations in my house about this notion of community and where do we belong and where do we give back and um, realizing that Zoom, as someone said earlier, really puts up a wall between me and my community. And yes, it has saved my life without question, um, but it's time to venture out a little more and to physically be in space with people in my community of OA. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having more of a sense of belonging and a sense of fellowship um, because I need it. I, I am an isolator. To the core, I would like to stay in bed with the covers over my head and just even not even go to work, quite honestly. Um, but I don't, and that's out of shame. That's not, I'm, it's not a, you know, depression or a mood thing. It's really a shame thing and an insecurity thing and when I belong when I feel that sense of belonging I don't feel the need to hide and to isolate but when I'm trying to fit in I do and um, I really was smacked in the face with that yesterday um, you know it, it is the whole it was the, one of the holiest days of my religious upbringing and I celebrated with um, some acquaintances and you know, looked around the room and really felt that sense of trying to fit in and not belonging. And that's a difficult pill to swallow. So I'm grateful to hear this message again because God's going to beat me over the head with it until I get it. Um, and I think I might be starting to get it. So I'm grateful for that and uh, have a great week, everyone. And I pass. Thanks so much, Julie Kay from Connecticut. Up next, we have Catherine followed by Maya. Hi, this is Catherine A. from Ontario, Canada. Um, what really stood out to me in this paragraph is the, the last line, the, the major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. And what, in the sentence, when it, when it compares 30 years to four, it seems like, oh, four, that's a short time. But it, at least in my experience so far, my four years actually feels like a really long time when I'm living it. And so this is a really good reminder for me that 
things don't get repaired overnight. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, that, to repair things, and yet it doesn't, it isn't going to happen overnight. There are going to be new things that get revealed to me every day, and so it really reminds me to come to it with that, with that beginner mind every day and stay in the present. And, you know, maybe four years from now, I look back and it's this major transformation, but I can't know that in one day. So thanks for letting me share that. Thanks so much, Catherine A. from Ontario. Up next is Maya K. Good morning, Maya. Um, hi, I'm Maya K. from New York, and um, I'm recovering compulsive overeater and bulimic. And I guess I just wanted to share um, on this paragraph. Um, I definitely relate to it. Um, I. I think for the most part of my life have um in the disease definitely in the disease when it it started taking over felt like such an outcast um and didn't belong um, um and that just took over and made me more isolated and and just I just didn't feel like I fit in anywhere and um um I think in recovery. <clears throat> I'm just starting to feel like the more I uh, help people um, and the more I let myself out, like I'm, I'm amazed I actually said my name to share on this meeting, um, the more I feel within, like, in the community, even in in my new job, I'm speaking up, um, you know, in a kind way and... Um, feeling part of the community and included um i um i'm reaching out to old friends even in high school uh, who are having trouble and i mentioned the program and and uh, one person said oh you're not in that cult you know that aa or you know 12 steps and i said i'm in oa so i you know i i said it saved my life and um and it it hurt you know but funny thing is is this person is still calling me every day for help. So um, I feel like uh, I, I can be a, a walking big book to people and um, and helpful. And um, I just keep showing up meetings. I just feel like the 12 steps are worth that. You know, it, it really did save my life. Um, and it's healing. And I just keep coming. I feel like it's a... Uh, the 12 steps uh, are in the room. So it's a power, uh, and I'm going to. Uh, I can't make live uh, person. You know, if I can't make live meetings, I go to open AA meetings um, because it's all about people. You know, and just really connecting with people and recovery and that healing spirit. Um, the room. It really is a healing spirit that that covers. Thank you, Maya Kay from New York, for unmuting and sharing with us today. Great to hear you. Lisa C., you're up next, followed by Cindy C. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, thank you. 
thanks for everyone who makes this meeting happen and thank you to everyone who shares um, getting so much uh, today from listening. Um, you know, I, um, <clears throat> I think that with my, you know, my step four, <laughs> I, I really tried to be as comprehensive as possible. I probably was being like too comprehensive, you know, I mean, I just had like pages and pages and um, you know, working through all, all, all the areas of the inventory and, and making amends. And truthfully, um, I always remember the, um, the part of the book, I don't remember the page, and I don't even remember the whole sentence, but the part in the big book that says more will be revealed. <laughs> um, because, you know, to me, that's one of like the great promises of the program is that like, girl, you still don't know everything. <laughs> it's like, you haven't arrived, you're never going to. Um, get back in the chair, sit down, you know, like the, these are the reminders that I get. But, but this idea that more will be revealed, like, oh, look, there's another amend I have to make, you know, there's another set of amends. And, and recently, actually, like, and I feel very tortured by them. I, I last week, I spoke to um, a, a trusted fellow I've become really close with, um, so grateful for that, my God. Uh, Cause yeah, I mean, like I'm checking all the boxes on everyone else's shares too, you know, um, major isolator and no one could possibly still love me if they knew the truth. And um, yeah, but, but there I was and I kind of like shared a few things that just felt so ugly to me. And as soon as I was done, that fellow, she said, I'm still here. I'm not going to flee. <laughs> I don't think you're horrible. And, and then I went ahead and I made the amends and um, for one of them, I'm still not finished. But my point in sharing that is just that, uh, you know, more things come up as I become more capable of handling um, this, you know, uh, and, and then even the things that I am not quite ready and then they kind of sit there um, for a bit and I know what I have to do and I am terrified, um, you know. So I think like when I read like yesterday's paragraph again and I think about this paragraph, right, this fear, my gosh, this like completely gripping fear that can take hold of me and then the release when I face the fear squarely with God um, and I let God lead me to doing the next right thing there is that that release and and yes that does draw me closer to others and to whatever set of communities that I might inhabit whatever circles there are so I'll pass with that thank you so much have a great day everyone Thank you, Lisa C. from New Jersey. Up next is Cindy C., followed by Ted. Hi, this is Cindy C., Pleasant Valley, New York. And I would like to talk about the part of this paragraph where it talks about he came home exhausted. So, you know, I could remember before program passing out because of food, and that was pretty exhausted, and, and I was exhausted, and just my life was exhausted. And now... You know, um, in this cult, let's call it a cult, which is giving me a new design for living and teaching me how to be a person and taking the focus off of me and putting it where it belongs, I'm able to um, do the right thing and still become exhausted. And, um, you know, there is nothing easy about this. So, you know, when it talks about he was very happy, this is an exhausted time of life that also makes me happy because I needed to figure out how to fit all of my recovery chores into a very busy life. And I had a very patient sponsor 
who, you know, I hope to um, be as patient once we're done working together. And, um, you know, I, I had a hard time. I had a hard time getting my feet on the ground. I had a hard time with all of these things that we have to do that are exhausting, but they're worth it. And so when it says that he was happy, I could relate to that because I sure wasn't happy when I got here. I don't think I would have decided to take this on if I had been happy. I was miserable. I was ready for anything. Um, And the work that he talks about here, 30 years of hard drinking, having been repaired in four, that's just a lifetime, you know, just making up for what we've done in the past and moving forward and, and not taking the past with us. So thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Cindy C. from New York. Up next, we have Ted from New Jersey. Ted, go right ahead and share with us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, how are you guys? My name is uh, Ted. I'm a compulsive eater from New Jersey. Um, yeah, so I, I get uh, hopeful when I hear, um, you know, Dr. Bob recovered in like four years. That's uh, um, and, and Bill W. did, you know, I don't know, a shorter time than that. But I honestly um, have to not compare myself to other people because um, my own specific journey and uh, and you know, I'm in other programs, sober and long term. But uh, in this early program, my higher power has uh, removed things from me, uh, foods and and not taking take up and on and on. So, uh, but he hasn't removed everything for me yet. And um, but I do gotta ask my higher power some willingness to be willing to let go of certain things, you know? Because uh, deep down, I think that I want to hold on to. You know, things like maybe gluttony at times, you know, I don't want to let go deep down, but I guess it's like a lot of fear, like, about what's going to happen if I get to a healthy body weight. What's a, you know, like that fear of um, success, that fear of, you know, just the unknown, maybe. Because um, I've used food my whole life as a friend, comforter, um, sad, whatever. So, but I have made a lot of progress. I've lost, like, you know, um, 60 pounds or I've been not eating takeout for like two years now, and so. But like I said, uh, I gotta ask God to we'll surrender the rest of the stuff that I want to hold on to, and then just uh, when I do that, I know I'll be happy, joyful, and free. So, but I feel good, pretty good today, and uh, just want to say thank you for all the shares. It's my first time on this meeting, so it was really nice and positive. Uh, kind of, you know. So, just thanks for listening. Okay. Thanks, Ted, so much for being here. That's Ted from New Jersey. Um, after this hour, we do have a newcomer's welcome meeting. So if you are new, um, we encourage you to stay on and give your name and number at that time. So don't hang up after the hour. All right, so we are currently on page 156, the second paragraph. We do have time for a few more shares. Anyone uh, like to share with us today? Oh, yeah. Heidi Kelly and Heidi. Lori H. Oh. Um, Lori, we'll see if we have time for you. Let's try. Okay, Kelly S. Heidi B. Kelly, go right ahead. Hey guys, it's Kelly S. Recovered compulsive eater in Bloomington, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, really glad to be on here. I uh, wanted to share the last couple of days. Um, so I uh, 
40 years in these programs, right, and I had um, grown up in this raging alcoholic home, like I'm sure a lot of us have these kind of experiences, right? Well, my dad was the cause and fault of every single thing in my entire life. Everything I was and did was this man, right? And I spent years blaming him. And five years ago, out <laughs> of 40 years, I uh, finally made um, amends to him because I'm like, how did I do anything, right? I mean, I was a kid, a teenager, finally made amends to this man and for the harms that I had done in that relationship too, which were plenty. And I just got to tell you guys what a trip it was because I, five, since that time period, um, I have had the most unbelievable miracle of peace and healing with that. Never, ever, ever thought I would let go of that resentment. I mean, I nurtured it, right? And so that was a miracle. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, if God can do that, right? But, you know, not that I trust God every time. But still, I'm just saying it was a huge miracle. So I just want to tell you guys what a healing that was. <clears throat> and then I want to say to you that the last week, my dad now has dementia, right? And my mother was gone and, um, on a trip. And so I was his caregiver. And um, it was the most incredible, wonderful experience. And it was quite a process for me <laughs> to be his caregiver. And um, one of the most beautiful experiences that I wanted to share with you guys was you know, I was giving my dad a shower, which was going into that was going to be weird, I thought. But God just graced me with a beautiful gift. And I was giving my dad a shower, and he has moments of lucidity. And he was super lucid and thankful and talking. And we were, I was washing him. And when I was drying him off, he said to me, why are you being so nice to me? You know, and I said, well, Daddy, I love you. And he said, I'm sorry if all the times I've ever been mean to you. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Well, so my wife comes over later to visit us, and he comes over, and he holds her hand, and he looks at her, and he goes, did I ever tell you that my daughter and I have gotten back to being friends again? And I just wanted to start sobbing, <clears throat> and I just thought, this is why we do the work, you guys, this. Yes, I'm abstinent. I had to be abstinent to do this work, but it's a design for living. Nowhere does it tell me it's a program, that it's a program of, um, of weight loss, of, of all these things we have to the absent, yes, that we do this work so that we can make these amends, so that we can have these relationships and show up for these people in our lives different. It is a design for living, and it works in hard going and good going and all of those things. And we get these gifts and we get reminded daily, this is why I'm abstinent. This is why I'm doing the work. This is why I have a relationship with God today so I can show up. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Kelly S., for getting on and sharing from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Up next, we have Heidi B., then Lori, hopefully. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Jen. Heidi B. in New York. And, um, yeah, I um, just felt uh, sort of drawn to share because what this is making me think of is the fear that um, basically ruled my life, Um and, and can still, but, you know, this program has given me so much freedom and making amends has been um, absolute key in, in doing and um, getting that. And, you know, I, I know that I had so much fear around approaching people. I had so much fear about letting things go. And fear kept me stuck my entire life. And when I trusted that... Um, you know, that you guys knew what you were talking about and just did the deal. Um, you know, I got I got free and 
I related so much to everything that that people have shared. Um, and what I was just reminded of was, you know, one of the most significant amends that I made was with my mother. And my mother passed um, many years ago, but I had been living in, you know, in just torture by her by her death. And I was having recurring nightmares all the time. And I would look in the mirror and I would see her and I had um, ended relationships with close family members because of, uh, in, you know, false ideas that I had around how they did or didn't show up for um, for us when she passed. And, um, you know, when I made that amends, um, I just felt a wave of peace come over me. And uh, I have not had any nightmares since that day. Um, I don't see her in the mirror anymore. I think of her and I think of her, um, you know, with good memories and, and sometimes some sadness, but the resentment is gone and it's such a beautiful freedom. And I've been able to repair some of the relationships of people that, you know, I blocked out of my life. And I'm thinking specifically of her sister, her, um, her younger sister and my aunt, um, who I, for many, many years, believed didn't come to her um, to her wake. And it turned out that she was there and I forgot. And so I had this resentment against her, um, you know, and thank God again for amends because now I have her back in my life. And, um, you know, this is, you know, it doesn't happen overnight and I'm only two and a half years in. Um, but there's, I know that there's so much more ahead and it's not all going to be rainbows and bunnies, but, um, but all in all, you know, um, it's it's just so much better than than anything that I've ever had before. And so I have a lot of gratitude. And with that, I, sh I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Heidi B. from New York. Lori H., you got a couple minutes. Go right ahead. Hi there. I was having a moment of muting. Can you, can you hear me? Yes, go right ahead, Lori. Oh, thank you for this beautiful meeting I needed to hear. My son and I both shared dreams with each other last night about um, belonging. And his was wearing masks around all the people he was with. And mine was that I was blocking um, him uh, and enabling him getting on the bus. Um, and, uh, and it was a beautiful one because it, it coincided with, uh, my celebrating my one year anniversary in OA and inviting all these people. And one of them specifically, um, I let her dictate the time because that was the only time she was available and, um, and wanting to, you know, have a friendship with this, this particular woman that I generally don't feel good around and end up making all these, um, amends to. And then I realized, you know what, it's not even my energy, it's her judgments, and, um, and I'd rather be with people that I feel uplifted with, and I may not have find, found my entire tribe, but I had two people that were there with me that absolutely I love and adore, and they love me, and we want to uplift each other. And my tribe, I'm never alone. My, my God is always with me, and I have a beautiful team in spirit. And more than that, I was reminded of this beautiful prayer to share with you all, and that is, I am the place where God shines through. He and I are one, not two. I need not worry, fret, or plan. He wants me where and as I am. So if I can be relaxed and free, he'll carry out his plan through me. And today, 
I'm relaxed and free because I'm letting her go and all these inauthentic people that don't love me exactly as I am. Because you know what? I am doing my best. And I am getting better every single day. And, and God is making wonderful progress with me. It's all his victories. And I'm so grateful to, to have my beautiful God in my life. And all of you people that are my mirrors, that are my friends, that get me. You are my tribe. And I hope you have an amazing day of light and love. Thank you Thanks, for listening. Thanks, Lori H. Where are you from before you hang up? Uh, yes, I am uh, from Florida. Florida. Lori H. from Florida. Thanks for taking this out. Beautiful. All right, everybody, we did it. Awesome job. Thanks to everybody who shared and participated, who did service on this meeting this morning. But most of all, thanks for just sharing um, and showing up and, and listening today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And if you want the information um, and the recording for the share ID, grab your pen, grab your paper. Here's the share ID for today. Tuesday, September 26, 2023, 7 a.m. Um, share ID is 20,000. 675. That's 20675. We will now close with a reading from the big book. It's found on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. So will Nancy P. please read a vision for you? Sorry. Nancy P. um, recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.